Hey, this is John here. Our Valheim episode is a really great conversation about that title. I unfortunately butchered my end of the recording. I put my Wi-Fi slash Bluetooth antenna much too close to my little audio interface. Kind of got some pops and cracks. I denoised it. Uh, I lost sleep over this because I thought it was a fun conversation. It was excellent. Ben has a new microphone. He sounds really good. Um, I just did not think when I laid out my desk. So, if you are sensitive to pops and clicks and occasional noise, this will probably be unlistenable. It's not throughout the entire recording, but it's it's damn near close. So, I apologize. Um, we strive for quality here at No Crisis yet for sure. I dropped the ball. Uh, but yeah, if you can get past that, it's a great conversation. Enjoy the show. Episode 118 of No Crisis Yet. I am John Lynch. I'm Ben Brown. Boy, Ben. Here. Let me tell you about Serpent Mead Stew. <laughs> it's just a new recipe you're trying out? Yeah, man. I mean, what, just, what do you do with your sea serpent meat? You know, I usually just run away from the sea serpent meat because it's trying to kill me. And I have not in that, in that situation, to you're strike the, back. <laughs> yeah, in that situation, you're the Viking stew. Exactly. You're the meat. And that he's trying I, to get back. I turn his... into a stone. Yeah. Ben, how is, how is it possible that this Viking viral meme has mm-hmm. shipped over 5 million? 4 million? Yeah, they're at time? 5 million copies of, uh, of and Valheim. Like several hundred thousand concurrent players. Yeah, and, and, and really high on the highest reviewed Steam games of all time at this point. Hey, Ben, can um, I go in a direction that you might not have foreseen with this conversation? Oh, yes, please. What do you think uh, Anthem's devs are, are thinking right now? Wah, wah. <laughs> Especially because they just fucking shit canned their their uh, revamp of Anthem. Yeah, that's not gonna come on, dude. That was never gonna. Happen. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's been uh, pointed out, but it's it's like kind of a perfect thing for EA because they were able to save face with the original release and go like, oh, you know, we're gonna fix it, we're gonna do it, and then just checking the pulse now and like, does anyone actually care? Will anyone care if we don't do this? And the the math says no, so they. I guess everybody's getting moved over to Dragon Age, though, so nobody at least is getting, like, fired. Uh, that's good. Or laid off, rather. I, there's, there's, Valheim is, for me, it's not just that mm. it's a great game. Yeah. All right, there, there's undeniably, there's just a quality to it, there's a polish to it that only comes with, like, this guy working on it for four years and having a very consistent vision, right? Um, yes. There, there's rough edges. I'm just going to say some of them. The icons are hilariously bad programmer art. Like, yeah, so, well, so I don't know if you've seen the encumbrance thing of like the like mm-hmm. the encumbrance icon, the shelter icon, all that stuff. Um, very rough. Yeah, and we should note this is an early access game. Still, it just came out Doesn't of early like access it. in January, right? Is that when it came out, I or was it February? I'll have to but, get the release date. Doesn't matter yeah. for the for the sake of this conversation. I think the the relevant points are: it's a five man team, mm-hmm. sold bananas copies, and that obviously that. Once there's a certain like there's a certain like um, Fall Guys for example and uh, right. or Among uh, Us Among Us right the so last you have one these, I remember yeah these have you have these vibes so once they get sucked up into the Twitch machine and it becomes mm. memeable I, I would say the most memeable thing about this is the trees killing people yeah it's good shit um 
and and so you just have that instant read of like if you're watching a streamer and you have you know nothing about the game, it's like oh, this is the game where trees can kill you, right? <laughs> right. It's um, the Viking game, right? It's the Viking meme game. That's how when I bought it for my brother-in-law, that's how I pitched it to him. I was like, hey, can <laughs> I can I get you the Viking meme game? And I I just I have bought three copies of this game. Wow. Because I just want right. to keep throwing money at the developer. Yeah, and I mean it's it's pretty cheap as far as it goes. Like for what you get, it's like twenty bucks, right? Nineteen ninety nine, yeah. and and it's early access, so who knows that might go up. But I mean, I never see it right. being more than thirty bucks. But uh, well, and the, yeah, the amount of content in it at at this point at its early access release is quite a lot compared to a lot of other I think early access games I've seen that usually like kind of have, you know, maybe less than a like uh, less than a, a little bit of their like their their bedrock, and then they're going to build off it. This feels like it has a lot more to it than um, some other ones. So, and it's a solid <laughs> deal. Mm. Sure, it's a great deal, and just I'm gonna look. I wanted to pull this up. Size. I'm, I'm gonna read this out. So I have put over 100 hours into this fucking game already. Mm-hmm. Um, the size like of this. High, now, now again, I, I bring mm. up the anthem thing for a few reasons. One, it's the thing of like you can't manufacture this kind of groundswell. Right. Could, Cyberpunk came close. Yes, um, there you was could argue certain, that it did at least temporarily. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it made its money back, right? Yes. But you, it will never have the goodwill this has, no. right? In terms of, hey, this even if the game stopped development right now, if the, if the developers stopped working on it, um, there's enough content that has already been made and people people who have played it that are like, this game will stick with them and it'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that Viking game. It was great. Yeah. As opposed yeah, it, to it, Cyberpunk, it which is, I remember that Cyberpunk game. It yeah. pissed a lot of people off and I fell through the world. Boy, Several I wish times. they would have finished it. That would have been nice. <laughs> Boy, I wish they didn't crunch for no particular reason and then get hacked and the source code was... Anyway. Yes. <laughs> the whole Looking saga. at Valheim, mm-hmm. I have gotten 100 hours content. The size of Valheim on my hard drive, one gig. Yes. I love that it... it I think the download for it is like 500-something megs. It's yep. just like... Oh, it's great. Because it is... Anthem, you know, Anthem it, Call of Duty... All these eighty plus gigabyte games that command a chunk of your fucking hard drive. I think I just heard this week that uh, that Call of Duty has said that like Warzone plus Call of Duty or Black or whatever the newest Call of Duty is like it actually won't fit on a PS4 hard drive anymore. Like the default five hundred gig. And for what? Uh, PS4 hard drive. And, and, and again, for what? At yeah. what point does the fidelity? Where when is diminishing returns? Right. I think we've already hit it. I, right, that's what yeah. I'd argue. Well, and I think um, that's like that is definitely one of the the conversation points around this game is that it does not it is a you know it's a Unity game it's under under a gig to install it has a very like fidelity wise has a very low fidelity look because it's very uh, like pixely textures and 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 flat stuff it, it kind of looks I've said you know like EverQuest but with a really amazing shader pack applied to it so it has like a lot of modern lighting and reflections and um and the smoke and physics are incredibly detailed and all this other stuff but. It, that's laid on top of this like very rudimentary base, but it still looks great. I think you know. Oh, there are times when it looks grimy, but I think most of the time, like the the atmosphere is really strong because yes. of how they utilize those different things. It's pretty impressive. the lighting, the weather effects. Like there, there are a hundred percent. There are things that that it's greater than some of its parts, right? If you look, if you look at any one thing, it's like okay, so they have like a basic light shader, they have sun shafts, all the yeah. stuff that Unity basically, I think, just does at this point. Right. Right. Um, and somehow, right, like there's something about being caught in a storm at sea and the waves are rolling over the bow of your ship and you're just like the lightning right. striking off in the distance. And, and yeah, you know what? You can't, 
you can't exactly see out to the the horizon um but when you do there's a giant tree like it's greater than some of its parts 100 percent. but the idea that this game uh was able to be like yes (laughs) we're Mm going to use ps1 level texture resolution we're going to you know basically use some bells and whistles but fundamentally is like there's a terrain mesh there's flora and fauna and the the basically low polygon models right basically um everything looks a little bit in like late 90s maybe or mid aughts early aughts i yeah, guess I, re- I really do keep coming back to everquest i don't know why i mean it's definitely either a ps1 or an everquest but i think it's the skeletons and some other stuff that just feels so close to to that fidelity of like this bone has 16 polygons in it but it it i don't know there's something specific about that and it 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 it's hearkening back to an era, right? That's right, by and, design. and I think you can see the trade-off, at least I can, with like the physics being so detailed and like numerous and all the different ways that it affects things. That feels like something you couldn't do with a higher-resolution game. So like you, you sacrifice some of the fidelity of your textures so that you can have smoke work correctly or the tides in the ocean work correctly and all these other things that most other games don't attempt because the simulation part of it would be too taxing with the graphics they have. Um, I think that's where this game flips that around, and I think it's really cool. But it is—it is is all the benefits of an asymmetrical. I talk about asymmetrical warfare a lot, right? Uh, And Mm. and, and I'm—I'm a marketer for a living, right? So the reality is, in marketing, you're going up against companies that literally have, hey, we have three social media people and an entire design team, Mm -hmm. and you're like, holy shit, we have two guys and one of them can't draw. How the fuck do we? How do we even compete? The answer is asymmetrical warfare, right? So. for example, at EA, think of the approval process for a piece of art. And think mm-hmm. of the approval process for balance. And think of the approval process. Like, think about the decisions that went through Anthem, like the decision-making process, and, and you have the executive levels and the mid- middle managers and all this stuff, right? Think of how much yeah. it takes to add something to a hub. And this fucking, this game is the, to me, it is the absolute like, proof of asymmetrical tactics, which is, Okay, we don't have a big team, and we don't we have. We can move fast. We can yeah. move fast. Decisions. The decision pipeline is really limited. It's all proc gen. So if we tweak something, like guess what? Every world gets regenerated anyway. There is no set world, right? This isn't moral. Right. It doesn't um, have the the problem you have with a like massively uh, fussed over map, like a Rockstar map, where it's like if you move this forest, then all these other teams have to come in and do stuff around the forest because it messes up a bunch of other stuff. Like that, that doesn't exist here because it's it's proc gen, and then also like you know a lot of what makes the game what it is is like systems based and not about scripting or, or any how many like, how many bespoke times elements really. How many times have I brought this up with you? Don't get, give me a give me a playset, give me the yeah. Ninja Turtles playset that I can buy shit, throw it in, have them fight each other, right? Like that's what I want, and right. I I recognize that you know we're at this point we're in the weeds and people might not understand the difference between like a proc gen world and like Minecraft is proc gen. Right. right. It, it generates a world out of a seed for you. So you enter a bunch yep. of alphanumeric characters, and it, from that, it generates a world, right? right. There's no designer. Um, so your Fallout 4, for example. Well, I should say, Oblivion was the one that blurred the lines because they, they, like, they modeled erosion. And, but, but ultimately, it was only one map, right? So right. there was some proc gen to play some trees and stuff and stuff. But when, uh, they, when they initially made the map, they like, didn't go and hand place every rock and tree. Like They gave regions rules and stuff like that. Yeah, and, I, and of course they went in after and did a pass. I think they assigned, yes. I don't know if this is true, but they signed people cells or like several, like an area. And they said, okay, you know, make 
this town, make dirt hack, whatever the fuck. Right. Um, and so there was that same, and same thing with Far Cry. Uh, there was a great GDC uh, talk about procedural generation, how it's used in the Far Cry games, and it's the same thing where they, you know they kind of generate it, the map gets locked in, uh, and then as they go down, they they go in and, and refine. You know, we do want a tree here for get combat, or we do want sandbags here, right? Whatever. Right. Um, well, this? it's also like when they when they did like Far Cry Primal and like just reused maps from the older games and repopulated them with different foliage, but <laughs> right. the terrain is still the right. same. <laughs> right. Uh, but this idea that like, look, Valheim exists. Your Valheim is going to be different from mine, but at the same time, we know there's going to. Oh, by the way, I found a Leviathan. I think oh, I found. Oh man. It. Um, That's I was great. like, that island is bobbing. Yes, and it and doesn't like, appear on the map. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I didn't touch it. I was just like, Ugh, and then yeah. skirted around. But the idea that, like, look, there's a ring of stones that you sacrifice the boss trophies on. That will always yeah. be the same. Where it is, who knows? It could be by an ocean. It could be in the middle of a field. It could be near a mountain, right? Right. Um, it's that thing of, like, you look at the Zelda Breath of the Wild map, and you're just like, oh, my God, there's plains, and the plains roll into the mountains, and then, and then those go up into the desert and the big yeah. central area of the castle. Um, but... Imagine that everyone has their own Hyrule. Arguably, right. that's, I mean, that's that's what I kind of want. That's the direction I want these games right. to go. Well, and I, I think what, you know, because ProcGen, you, 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 Minecraft is definitely, I think, a, an easy example for how that sort of thing works. And I think one thing that Valheim does that's cool, in addition to just, you know, the terrain and all that, but it also, like, with the, the buildings, it, it, like, puts buildings in the world that are, are randomly generated. It puts in, there are, like, objects and things that have consistency to them. Like, there's burial rings and, and different things that have, you know, static properties. They just don't show up, stat, you know, they show up wherever. But, like, if there's a meadow, it might have a graveyard in the middle of it. If there's, you know, a woods, there might be a, a burial mound there or something like that. So there's, like, more... I don't know, gameplay relevant stuff to find while you're um, exploring than there is in something like Minecraft. Because Minecraft is very much like, it's it's material gathering and, and there's plenty of that in this game. But I think there's stuff to find while exploring that makes it more exciting to me than than a Minecraft just to explore. Um, and and that's like Minecraft, part of the... Minecraft has that stuff. Like they, they added that right. much later and they like, oh, you can find a fortress. And, oh, right, and there are villages and, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, but Definitely... This... This is less, this is more of a crunchy game, right? So Minecraft is, I'm sorry, but like, it's not, it doesn't have this, it doesn't, it doesn't, right? You're, you dig down, you find a diamond, you make a diamond pick, and then you go into the nether yeah. portal and blah, blah, blah. This is kind of like that, but boy, is the are the building options better? And boy, is it satisfying to be like, oh, I'm going to climb to the top of this mountain. Mm. Oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to build my own chateau. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm going to build a stonework chateau overlooking the ocean from this mountaintop um and i know that i can always come back here and, and the world will save it yeah. and it's mine i i go home right um i think i told you like I, i'll be at work and i'm like man i gotta i want to redesign my porch my back porch and my yeah uh home and, and not that's not gonna work with everyone right there are people that roll their eyes at the fallout 4 building right uh, feature but but i think yeah um i think what makes this game like maybe why it is kind of such a big hit is it excels in many different areas. Like if it was just a building game or if it was just an exploration and combat survival game, I don't know if it would hit, but the fact that like you can just focus on building if you want, or you can focus on the progression of the bosses, or you can focus on crafting, or you can focus on just pushing the map out. And, and all of those are satisfying, uh, which is, is more to do than I think a lot of other, these type of games, which is definitely a, uh, so, so I think you, maybe a key to its its widespread success, maybe. 
I think so. I mean, you 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 played Long Dark and you played Subnautica, yes. right? Um, and Minecraft, and, obviously. Yeah. And Minecraft. But I mean, Minecraft isn't like a game. In my head, it's not a game game, right? It's not as systems heavy. Yeah, there it's are, much closer systems. to, yeah, just a toolbox that has rules, but you can also, you know, just turn all those rules off whenever you want to, so. Right. Uh, and there's like survival mode and stuff and hardcore mode. And the past yeah. few times I've played, Cody Fingers played Minecraft, was a survival mode, like hardcore. Right. So if you die, you lose the entire world. Because um, yeah. that's that's the stakes. This is a little different in that I'm... I am I'm positive they're going to add an Iron Man mode. I I feel like that's a no-brainer. Oh, for sure. Um like Diablo 2 hardcore style where you're just like, "All right, like boy, <laughs> there no more corpse runs. You're just fucked." Speaking right. of EverQuest, the corpse run, the corpse run debuff, I'm like, "All right, this guy has clearly played EverQuest 1." <laughs> right, right. Well, and uh, I could also see them including a um I can't remember what it was called in Long Dark, but there's a difficulty in Long Dark that essentially turns off all the wildlife, so it is just survival, but it's even light on that end. So if you just want to kind of hike through the snowy woods and occasionally have to light a fire, I think it's called pilgrim mode, but huh. it's it's the opposite end of that, where it's like it's not quite creative mode where you just have everything forever, uh, but it is like very light, so you can kind of just enjoy the the natural aspect of it, uh, which I, I could see being appealing in Valheim too, because I do think that's one thing I, I do enjoy about it is the world is just like, especially in the meadows, like the early area, it's it's pleasant. Have like, you uh, a little bit of friction from the enemies, but it's very light and it's mostly just about hiking and gathering stuff and that, that's the thing right so the meadowlands like if you're if you're out on an exploratory cruise or an exploratory like uh voyage mm. and and you see meadows you gotta get a breath of relief because like okay thank god like yeah i know i, I can pull my ship up hop right. out slap down a workbench like there is something in long dark where it would it would kind of be the antithesis of that game to walk around slap down a workbench and build yeah. a shelter wherever you want right yeah because that work. game is so much about the verisimilitude of like you're looking through drawers and like in old fireplaces and like it's much more about and it is also much more about cultivating desperation than than this game is because the survival elements of this game are much much lighter than i mean even subnautica you don't even have thirst in this game well I mean, yeah um, no thirst and, and you don't really starve you just have a low hit you have the low right. uh, how you augment bar. your health bar is what the food is for not necessarily to make you have to eat every 20 minutes right and and there there is that kind of that time element where it's like if, if you're but here's here's the thing that it captures for me which is i'm going on a quest yeah. Right, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm at my. I'm in my kitchen at home, and I'm like, all right, I need to stock up on this. I'm gonna bring these supplies. I have limited inventory. It's not quite Tetris grid, but it's you know slot based. Right. So you have a fixed amount. You I don't know how many. And yeah. Yep. Uh, there are. You know, you you're like, okay, I need to bring some rations. Like, I need to bring some supplies because I'm gonna be pushing this time. Like similar to Dark Souls, where it's like, all right, I'm gonna be pushing. This is gonna yes. be. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna push into this biome that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, if I in in the right now, if you die. You drop all your shit, and you lose. I don't know if it's the progress on your skills or actual skills drop a level. I believe it basically just, like, so your skills, like, work like uh, an Elder Scrolls game, where the more you run and jump, the more you get better at running and jumping. And then, yeah, when you die, it it just takes XP out of those bars. And then it can only happen once, so you can't get stuck in a loop where you're just knocked back to level one. But it does make at least death significantly risky, especially because you also lose your your stuff and if you can't get back to your stuff which has happened to me you just kind of have to do the math of all right can i tech back up there or is it worth <laughs> trying to like sneak and cheese my way over or whatever um 
but it's like the punishment, I think, because initially, I think when I died in it, it took away my skills. I was like, bah, that feels retrograde in a way that I don't like. Because that's like old MMOs used to do that. EverQuest did that. City of Heroes did that, where you basically get XP debt when you die. And so oh, yeah. before it's, you can start progressing you could, you again, could, you have you to could, make up what you lost. You could de-level, um, right? Could yeah, you, you could unlearn. You could get so hit so hard, you wouldn't remember how to cast a fireball. <laughs> like it was just like um, real life. Yeah, it was very punitive and, and very much like in the MMO kind of game design clockwork of making you play more and like because it had a subscription fee attached to it and it just felt like at some point they got rid of that system because it was too obviously uh punitive and this one at first i was like oh that's like a weird system to bring back but it is it i think it is more just to make your initial death like you know so you don't just go flinging yourself into to danger and being like oh i just gotta do a corpse run again like there is there's permanent damage but it's not so much so that you'll go back to like level one and you like never lose any abilities that way. Like that's the different thing. I right. Guess. And, and I will point out that a lot of like the, the game changing abilities that I've spotted are basically items. Right. Um, and you can always repeat bosses. It looks like to like, if yeah. you lose. So for example, um, I want to say the first boss, you get the piece of his antler and that's how you make a pickaxe. Right. Right. And that's so like a if, big part of the tech tree. So if you ran out of those, antlers you would have to summon him again but right and then you can farm him and, and whatever so it's it's right. like kind of like a soft soft um I'm trying to think how to put it right so it, it's you can never not be able to ever get a pickaxe again right? right you'll always be able to do that so it's like a soft like it's almost like a soft progress checkpoint it's like fuck and it's annoying to have to farm up and, and defeat a boss again but it's not the right. end of the world at all well, it also makes it, and I didn't think of this till yesterday when we were talking about the difference between your world and then like a server that we can all join. And like the the server world and your world are persistent, separate from each other. Your character, however, is persistent between all of them. And so like if I wanted to join the server and you you had already defeated the second boss, but I hadn't yet, we could just go summon it again. So yep. like that that makes it so you can move that like the the victory track back and forth based on who's there. And then, um, like, obviously, this opens it up to duping and cheating and, and all this right. shit. But, I mean, the, the Val, like, it's funny because there's a little notice in on, on the, uh, I think, the player, the character select menu where it's like, hey, yeah. look, online is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. you, 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 you are... could get fucked up and lose all your progress just so you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and, but at the same time, they didn't say it's not a Rust situation where it's kind of like they obfuscate running your own dedicated server. They're like, hey, open right. your game up. Just fucking go ham. It's 10 people. Yeah. To go for it, and and you and your friends can play. It's it. This is the thing. Like so, my other big Rust or my mother big survival game. And God, Ben, we've talked about Rust so much on this fucking podcast, but <laughs> not for um, a while though. <laughs> yeah, until now. Right. Uh, but this, this they added delivery drones, by the way. Oh, fantastic! Uh, Rusts, because of course, why not have the virtual shithole world resemble our current shithole world even more with fake promises of anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, never mind. That's a whole. But Rust. It is inherently toxic because you are forced into the general gen pot, right? <laughs> like a like a prison. <laughs> yeah. uh, you are forced into for the average player. I know you can run a dedicated server and blah blah blah, but for the average person who's just firing up Rust, basically the, it works like you find a server you like with rules mm -hmm. that you like and and you know progress rates that you like, and you, you accept that you're all your shits on this server that you don't control, right? right? And you're, there's a hundred other fucking people that want to blow your shit up. And it exists you know, even when you're not there. <laughs> yep. And you exist when you're not there. And that, I think that was one of the first questions I had for you. was like, I don't know if I log out if my character is like falling asleep on the ground. But no, of course right. not. Because you can move they, him back and forth between worlds, right? Right, right. So they just disappear when they go to or when they log out, I guess. Yeah. I would rather play 
Valheim with you and like mm. a handful of other people than have numerous 12 year olds threaten to rape me and my mom and call yeah. me uh, racial slurs. And it's just like, oh. It's much nicer. Yeah. And, and also the game is a PvE focus, but um, yeah. it is, it, it doesn't, if, if they had, there's a version of this game where they're like, all right, you can only play Valheim on these 150 person servers. And yeah. you'll never see Endgame because the reality is you don't have 40 hours a week to put into it. And you don't they have could the time to watch your house at night when people come and rob you or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, 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 right? Like, yeah. it, it takes that away. It says, no, it's your world. You can swap worlds on the dedicated server. And I'm sure who knows what they're going to end up doing in, in the infrastructure in the back end. But yeah, there might be a point where there's multiplayer characters and single player characters. But I think, like, they have to flesh out a, single, a solo mode a little more before they can do that. So, like, yeah, that stuff feels like it could come down the road. But I do kind of like where it's at now, where it's just like, here's the system. You can play with it however you want, with people, without people, back and forth. You don't have to choose one or the other. Um, yeah. And, and which it is just, really cool. It erodes the barrier for... for like loose groups of friends who are like some are more advanced than others and then you're right especially the fact that we can all jump into that server at different times and contribute to like resource gathering or 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 if we're all on at the same time you could go do a boss or whatever like yeah Yeah. i i am i am running i'm running that server as a community garden right like i i built the first base and i basically start to stock it with a bunch of shit put a bunch of beds in it so if you show up you show up you can set your spawn point it's in a harbor right like um there's a boat uh, it's just a community garden. And if you yeah. want to go build something interesting, like, uh, for example, Dave's Spooky Tunnel. Mm. Uh, go it's for good. it. Right? It's a quality tunnel. <laughs> um, but I, I can guarantee it's only going to be us and a, hand clo- like a, a handful of close people that know each right. other. And so we don't have that rust thing of, like, everything is, everything is framed in that game as... You're gonna you're gonna lose this, and it's gonna be taken from you. Right, survival. Like you're gonna go into someone's house, steal the shit out of their chest, and then burn the place down because that's yep. like the best way to do it. Whereas Valheim wouldn't have any reason for you to do that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there. I'm very curious about um, PvP servers. Yeah, that, I mean that they could be... move towards that, and the combat is strong enough that I think they could actually make that work. Um, and it wouldn't just feel like one sided with the people who play for a thousand hours. But, um, right, and and but that's the other, but yeah. the other thing, right? The other thing about this game is is the knowledge, right? So even if I went to a brand new server with a naked character, yeah, I I could get things done efficiently because I know pretty much how to tech up, right? I know, okay, I need this much wood and stone, and then that's gonna give me the workbench. The workbench gets this, and then I hunt boars for the leather scraps, and yeah, that'll get me the bow, and um, so even there there is fun in starting over. There's fun in starting right. from scratch with friends. Or on a new server, because it's like, all right, I, fig- I I went through the process of figuring out, oh, this is where I get, uh, I don't know, I don't want to spoil too much. This is where I get copper, right? Yeah. I, okay, now I know what a tin vein looks like. I, I must have run past so many copper veins. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, cause, and especially because, like, it is very clear early on that, like, when you hit rocks, it says too hard. So you're like, okay, well, I have to get to the pickaxe before I can do any of that stuff. So you just kind of ignore it. Um, but I do think that's something about the game that is uh, is exceptionally cool for like for restarting and just like very convenient quality of life is that to learn stuff on the tech tree you just have to find the ingredients for it. It's like if you find bronze, it will tell you how to make all the bronze stuff. It's not like you have to find an individual um, a blueprint for like armor or a sword or whatever. It's all just part and parcel, which is you know you you fill out your tech tree really fast. You know as opposed to something like Subnautica where like to, to upgrade your 
uh, buildability in Subnautica, you have to go find objects that are like blueprints that you can scan. And that's kind of like the progression of that game is like getting further and further away from your main base so you can get more blueprints to get further away, to get more blueprints, etc. And um, it's a good loop, but it is also like if you don't, those are kind of randomly spawning things. So you just kind of have to search the biome for one object, whereas... Uh, with Valheim, you just go out into the woods and there's a different tree and now you picked up the different wood and now you have a bunch of things you can craft. And it's just very efficient and very, uh, and again, something that would be very easy to restart because especially if you logged onto a higher end server, you could probably fill out your tech tree <laughs> within five minutes just by touching everything. Yeah, but I mean, and then, but that doesn't capture the, like, no, no, but that's right, like, so, it, so in Rust, in Rust, your, your tech is tied directly to how much you can dominate other players. Right. Right. How much chaos and how much damage can you... Everything in Rust is measured by that. How much damage can you do? What can you get to hurt other people? Right. And in this, it's like, really, it's more like, all right, what food can you get to last longer? And what's going to make you more spongy, like, damage spongy when you go into a harder place, right? right. Um, and and what, what can you get to be, like, just sailing around with you on a boat feels great. And yeah. that in and of itself is fun because you're like, we don't know. We don't know what's over the next wave, right? We don't know what the next continent looks like. Right. Um, look off in the woods, heard... see if it's okay to pull over here, that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I think you and I were like cruising through a river and I was like, oh, this is going to be tight and it was fine. Uh, but yeah. it's just that thing of like, well, we know we're in the Black Forest and we know what nodes make up the Black Forest. But, you know, there was like a troll cave on the left and there's a river bend and it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it, it, it's it's a playset. That's that's what I keep coming back to. It's a playset, right? You right. know and what I, all the individual pieces are. I think what makes it stand out for me too, even though that that playset mentality has existed for other games like this, is that that the stuff in the playset is all, I don't know, meant to be a lot more engaging than just it's an item you can find that makes a better thing, like when you go from the meadows to the black forest you go from like the meadows you're hunting boars and deer and maybe a, a gray dwarf or something at one point or another but it's pretty low on the combat and you're mostly grappling uh, gra um, gathering stuff and then when you get to the black forest it starts to introduce dungeons and then it's like okay so now you're going into a more combat focused area of the game um and and so on and so forth so i just think it the way it doles out like new parts of the world and new things to explore is like really well tuned even now which is surprising because that's like a hard thing yeah. to do. <laughs> it, it somehow taps into Stardew Valley too because it's like, so there's a day-night cycle. Yeah, you can farm too. <laughs> right. And so there's day-night cycle, right? Yeah. Um, and at the beginning of every, and, and you're not, even in the tool tips on the loading menu, it's like, hey, night, when you go out at night, it's harder, right? They say something to that effect. Um, but the reality is, you you know, typically the, the it's like the Fallout 4 thing of like, the loop for Fallout 4 for me, also a systems heavy game, was like, hmm. You have your base, you go out, you find a bunch of junk, and you're like, oh, shit, I want to craft X. Yeah. I want a new gun site, whatever, so I'm going to need nuclear material. So you're scrounging around, you go to a dungeon, you do a dive, you get as much as you can carry, and you're like, all right, I got to get back. So you go yeah. back, then you spend some time in camp, you hammer shit, you build stuff, you build beds, maybe you upgrade some shit, and then you go back out. Mm -hmm. Similarly, in Valheim, for me, it's, it's like, all right, it's the beginning of the day, what do I want to do? Do I want to kind of poke around at the base? Do I want to redo my back porch, right? Do um, I want to push the edge of my map out a little bit more? Right, do I, do I want to build a bigger, so I finally have stone working, so I have a, I literally just have a stone wall that kind of surrounds my estate. Yeah. Do I want to change the shape of it? Like, do I, or do, okay, do I want to go out into the meadows and just do some foraging? Not necessarily combat, so I can, I don't need to take all my supplies, but um, I'll forage, right? I need some mushrooms and all this. Yeah. Or is this going to be a progress day? Am I going to be pushing into a new biome and, and it's going to be 
Or, worst case scenario, do I have to move my whole fucking base? Right. Right. Um, or that, set up a new one, yeah. Right. That, that to me, that, that decision, I, I don't know. I, I used to love survival books as a kid, so like Hatchet and Island of the Blue Dolphins. Oh, sure, yeah. I love that stuff. So, yeah, yeah that, that, and, that, this game and other, you know, all survival games kind of scratch that itch. But that was the thing that, like, struck me about Breath of the Wild so much is the just the preparation for where you were going was like a fun part of it. And it's oh, yeah. minor in that game compared to even this game. But the idea of like, you want to pack some warm food, you want to pack this thing, you want to pack a fairy, you want to pack this outfit or whatever. And and I almost wish, and this would be a mod someday, there'd be a version of Breath of the Wild that was harsher on those things and that you had a limited inventory for your food and you actually did have to like pack a lunch essentially. My, um, the last, and the last that can play- definitely happen in this game. Oh yeah, the last playthrough of Fallout 4 I did was on, I, I don't know if it was a mod or an, an official Bethesda mod, but it was like, it was uh, hardcore survival, Yeah. right? So you have to eat, you have to drink, you can get diseases and stuff, and you have to build bases because bases are where, you know, settlements are how you, like those are your safe points, those are your towns, where yeah. there are no towns, right? Um, and that, again, it, it, it touched some of the stuff of Valheim did, Obviously wrapped up in the fallout package and you're in the ruins of Boston, but for yeah. me, Valheim is that thing of like, you realize how, you have these moments where you realize how far away from home you are. Yeah, I mean, um, I think my, um, probably my biggest adventure in the game, because I, I think that's ultimately another thing that makes it so satisfying, even as a single player game, is that it, because of all the systems and the AI and, and different things, it creates a lot of fun trips uh, as, as unexpected things go wrong and you have to problem solve around to figure out how to either get back or keep going. Um, and I had basically started pushing out. That was my thing. I had beaten the first boss and I was like, all right, I'm going to start expanding um, into the next biome. And, and I expanded into the black forest and you, you basically have to find to find the next boss to spawn. You basically have to find like a, a rune stone in dungeons that tells you where it is. And so I went down and got into the first dungeon I found, got to the stuff, and it was like really, really, really far away. And so I'm like, all right, this is going to take a long time. So I'm going to stock up. I'm going to build a raft and get going. And I spent, you know, a couple of days, you know, of play sessions, not time, uh, (laughs) essentially just sailing up this river. And, you know, occasionally I'd see something cool and I'd pull over and, oh, shit, maybe there's a troll and I die. And then my boat is stuck there and I have to go back home and build another raft and keep going and so i really did like map a huge amount of the coastlines of a bunch of the islands around me uh, just moving up um and getting a little farther and then getting killed eventually and then kind of making my way back up there and i eventually got to this like coastal area that had uh like a house already built on it and it was it seemed like a pretty good area and so i was like oh i'm here i should probably just like put a bed here so that i don't have to because you beds are your spawn points just like minecraft so if you are far away from home and you die, you go all the way back home. So it's a good idea to have enough stuff to build like a small house so you can at least have a forward base that you respawn at. And so I did that, but it turns out that <laughs> that house was right next to the swamp biome and oh, a, a drower like <laughs> village. And so I would just have times where I was in that house and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it's just like drowers, which were way too high level for me, just like beating the shit out of my house. And I was like... <laughs> Making a little sound. Yeah, and I was making a little bit of, of progress up the river towards the altar for the next second boss, and then I, I finally got a little further, and that's where I also ran into Leviathans, was like crossing the um, the water there. 
And and then, yeah, I get to near where the altar is, and it's the last biome in the game is right next to it, which is called the Plains, and is full of bad shit, <laughs> including mosquitoes that can really fuck you up. Not um, mosquitoes, Ben, they're death skeetos. Death skeetos, death skeetos. Yeah. And so I eventually ended up with my corpse kind of irrevocably stuck in the Plains because there was, like, a troll there and some death skeetos. And so I basically just had to go, like, fuck, I can't. I can't get back in there and I can't, I don't have enough to build a raft to go all the way back to my, my, um, my place. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I stuck? What am I going to do? And then I was like, wait a second, what happens if you don't have a bed? <laughs> and so I just destroyed my bed and then it sure enough brought me back to the stone circle where you get dropped at the beginning yep. of the game which right, right, right next to my house. And so I was able to kind of reset and, and, but when I looked at the map, I was like, boy, I went way, way far away. <laughs> and it was, it was cool. Cause it was like a multi-day trek. And every time I, had my boat ruined, I kind of had to think of a new way to get to it or what I should do differently so I don't end up dead. Um, and I had like one time where I was like, oh, I'm going to go back down the coast and get one of the boats I left. And that's when I learned that the <laughs> enemies hate your boats, <laughs> but they only hate your boats when you can see them. Uh, so I was like, I snuck around like the swamp area. There's like a meadows around that swamp area that I could get through easily. And got to the boat, and I like saw it, and I was like, oh, great, my boat's there. And then as soon as I get near it, a bunch of enemies on shore just were like, ah. And they just walked off in the water and bashed it <laughs> right in front of me. And it was very funny. Because <laughs> uh, so I think it's like I, the AI doesn't work when you're not near it, which, yeah, that's how video games generally work. Yeah, that, that's sudden. I've had moments, I had a really good moment where, uh, so have you built any portals yet? Not yet, no. So those, that's, I have the that's, recipes for him, but I have not built them. Yeah, so that's the fast travel. That's the fast travel analog in this game, and and yeah. it puts the onus on you to really fucking think about how, really think about how to use portals, right? So basically, a portal, you you place it, you select a string, like you just type in a name for it. So right. I just use all lowercase letters. Um, I had a moment uh, a couple days ago where I found a vendor, and I was like, holy mm. shit, there's a, there's a shopkeeper. Oh my god, this changes everything. And yeah. a lot more of these items that I'm picking up make more sense now. Okay, got it. Um, so there, there's a slight delay. So you can get away with using one portal and just at your base and swapping out the names. Mm. So, right, so you'll go out into the world, you'll basically cut through you know, a swamp, and you'll be like, okay, here's where I'm going to put the portal for the swamp. So you put it down the portal. Right. Um, but you haven't activated it yet. So you name the portal, whatever, and then you have to go back the way you came. And then, then you can get back to it. Right. Um, yeah, you can't only... just put the portal down and go back to your base. If you were a smarter man, unlike <laughs> You would have me, named and... it first. I see what you're saying. Right. So I only had the one portal back at base that was, that was pointed to somewhere else. So I, mm. I went out to the swamp. I was like, fuck. Like, I'm going to put this portal down. All right, when I get back to base, I'll do it. So I go back to base. Uh, I, w I was like, oh, I'm going to... I have it going to the swamp, which is the swamp's pretty brutal if you don't have poison resist mead. Um, yeah, swamp's and uh, especially if you're not equipped for it, right? So I have like the yeah. gear that I run around in, and then I have the gear that's progress gear. Right? So yeah. I I changed I changed the portal back at home to uh, shopkeeper. And I, I, I hit enter, walked into it. with I, my, I was full up of all the shit I wanted to sell. I had no combat gear. Uh. <laughs> Lo and behold, uh, I did not give enough time to the portal to change over to the new one. Oh no, and you ended up in the swamp. <laughs> not only did I end up in the swamp, but the portal back at home had already redirected to the oh, shopkeeper. No. So I was literally in a situation oh. where I was like, I am fucking trapped with all these valuables that I'm trying to sell. Oh no. <laughs> I have no tools, no weapons, and uh, these fucking zombie vikings are coming after me. But basically, no, yeah. that tricked off this whole thing of like, okay... I have to swim across this channel, 
to get to the to get to what I think is a black forest. Okay, good it is. I mm. just barely made it. Leeches are fucking up my butt the whole time. I have to make a hammer from scratch. I'm like, the whole thing is that uh, it's like Watchmen where that guy has to... Uh, the black... Uh, what is it? Black frigate, the black freighter. Oh, oh, yeah, the the, uh, the black freighter, yeah. It's, it, it, was, it just became the black freighter where I'm in, I'm in the other side of the world. A raft full nothing, of bodies. Yeah, I had to cobble together the most ghetto-ass, like raft out of like I had to kill and I eventually found pigs and I'm just like holy shit it became this whole adventure that I'm sorry like remember in Red Dead 2 when you were like oh shit we washed up on an island yeah 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 and and, and then it's like oh no you're just gonna you're gonna do all the same shit you were doing right yeah it, it is a it was a sequence that in if you had forced me to do it I would have hated it in a game right right it, it's the 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 Castlevania thing of like we're gonna strip away all your abilities all your gear and we're going to kick your ass down a flight of stairs, right? If they had done it to me in a, in a regular, like, a non-proc gen game, I would have been like, fuck this. But the fact yeah. that I had to, I could have died at any point and nothing would have changed, really, right? But I was right. like, no, I'm going to fucking make this a quest, right? It was Odysseus. Solve, yeah. And it forced me to, right? It forces you to, to recall all that you've learned, right? And again, if I had been forced to do it in a game, this, this would be this would be your typical, like, in a, like a mafia or like a more narrative-based game. This is like, oh, you're going to prison and you lost all your shit. Right, right. Right. But it happened to me organically um, through my own idiocy. Uh, it, it became a whole adventure, right? This is, yeah. that, is, that, is that not the grail that Valheim is, and most proc gen games are shooting for, right? Isn't Absolutely. That- and, that's, and that's the thing I think a lot of them fall short at, which is that they don't have enough interesting stuff out in the world to make that problem solving satisfying. And it, it just becomes raw, like, teching up, essentially. And, it, and there are, you know, especially as you get better at this game, you learn that, like, oh, I don't need to, like, go from rag, you know, from... From no armor to rag pants to leather, I can just skip to leather. Or I can, you know, I just know that if I get a bow, then I can skip through this part of the tech tree. And it, like, gives you all those, um, since you can always see all that stuff, and none of it, you know, once you've learned it, you've learned it. And it, it, uh... It's, it's a Dark Souls thing where you yeah. could run this game without armor. Right? Yeah. If you, if you, you have the, the tool right food, kit, yeah. right? It's, if you um, the right food, and, and you, you have your endurance and your health pool as large as you can, and you're naked, and you have a decent, I mean... There's an unarmed skill that I'm trying to level up because I want to go full monk at some point. It'll right, never right, happen. Right. Um, but the, I can guarantee you there's going to be a YouTuber who's like, yeah, I'll fucking I'll run this game unarmed with no armor. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to go punch a troll or a Deskito to death or something yeah. like that. Um, and that's just you're exporting all the interesting stuff to other players, right? You're, you're basically saying, here's the playset. I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, for example, I have not touched YouTube. I, I don't want to know. I, I want to. I want to. My first run through of this game in early access. I don't want to know stuff. So I had. I got in a position of like I had to find silver, um, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like how? And then I get an item that basically is like, this will help you. And I'm like, I have no idea how this is helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to organically figure. Out, I was like, oh, okay. I think I told you it drops from the third boss, and it's like right. a very Zelda item. So, <laughs> mm. so I. I figured out where to go, and I was like, I think I understand where to go. So on YouTube, I was like, I was in a Valheim adjacent video. Mm. Apparently, there is a genre of video of people. Uh, what's the, what is the, uh, the uh, Werner Herzog movie where the guy drags a boat across a mountain? Uh, Fitzcarraldo. Yep. So that's happening in Valheim. <laughs> yes. And people are building. That's so people good. People are building <laughs> boats on land and surfing them down mountains. <laughs> and it's just like yeah yeah i actually think i saw sure, some video of that. course <laughs> of course there is 
Uh, it's yeah. the wind. It's the Breath of the Wild thing where it's like, can you build an airship? Yeah. Is it the yeah. best? No. But god damn it, you can do it. We put those octoballoons in this game for a reason. God damn it. <laughs> yup. Because guess what? They just said, here's the playset, right? We put gravity yeah. in. We put trees in. You can. What if we fire. add buoyancy to this thing where it can float upwards? And if it has enough weight, it can float this platform up. And now you have a boat. Or now you have an airship in, in a Zelda game. And it's just right. like so but- elegantly simple. Because it didn't require you to be like, oh, I've got to model this airplane or whatever. It's like, no, it just has to have physics and link has physics and the platform has physics and yeah it's um and this game is definitely i think some of the coolest stuff i've had happen where i um i was like chopping down woods behind my uh, my house and you know all the all the wood falls correctly and 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 it, it, it stuff takes damage even when it's like uh another object hitting it and not you and so i had um like birch is one of the woods that you can't chop until you get a bronze axe but I had enough, uh, it, it was just arranged in a way where I was on a hillside and I chopped down a, a, a softer tree and it rolled down the hillside and knocked down like three birch trees and the <laughs> birch trees got stuck. So they were getting rolled against the ground by the other uh, logs behind it. And so it actually gave me birch way earlier than I should have been able to get it just because I was able to push right, so it down a hill so you and got the break fine the log. Window, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like this really great organic moment of like, I have a hillside, I have a bunch of rocks and trees. I don't have an axe, but I do have gravity. And so it was able to solve that problem, which I thought was just like, it's a great example of like how um, open that kind of toolbox is that they give you. Um, it, it and it's just like think... the, the detail of that stuff. And even down to like, you know, rain blows in windows accurately and things like that, where it's just like stuff like Breath of the Wild, where when you see it, you're like, well, of course it works that way. That's how it works in real life. But the idea of having to think of a, uh, a way it, to simulate that is like really fascinating. Real realizing, so so I, I think the classic example, the the witness esque example for me was, um, I spawned into the game. I was like, is this? Am I really going to punch trees? Is that this fucking game? Because <laughs> that I is the first thing you do, <laughs> right? I was like, no, dummy. There's branches. Pick up the branches. There's rocks. Pick up the rocks. There's yep. flint. Pick up the flint, right? You and it's that witness thing of like, you don't know how to read the terrain. You're like, is that rock a rock or is that just right. a piece of scenery? Um, so my first night, I was like, fuck, it's getting dark. The sun is going down. There's an abandoned hut, so I guess I'll just make this work. Yeah. Um, so I go in, and, and my fire immediately smokes me out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. So after I had painstakingly got all the rocks, put the fire in my home, I immediately got smoked out. And by the time that it had filled the hut, there's no easy way to, to, to air that out. You have to break the roof. Right. So I was like, fuck, okay. I'll move it outside. I'll move it next to me. So I make a little fireplace outside, no roof over it, light the fire, starts raining, snuff the fucking fire out. And I was yep. like, come on, dude, really? Um, then that gets me the chimney building. And then there's right. an art to ventilating your, like, and now whenever I build anything, of course the fireplace is, you know, of course I have vents at the top of the building, right? But it's that right. thing of like, I did not know, I started with like, okay, is this a punch tree game? The answer is, yeah, kind of. Um, right. But there's just a whole other set of skills you need to navigate the world. Right. right? And and logical, like, it's not video game logic of just, like, you know, uh, if you hit something, it does damage to it or whatever. It's more like, yes, if you light a fire inside of a house, you have to open a window. Like, that makes sense. It's <laughs> right. just something that you usually don't have to worry about with games because they don't want to model the smoke physics or whatever. Um, 
so it's, it's just a- like yeah this, this game has a lot of those things where it's just like oh yeah it's logical and it's also not overloaded with like a ton of different crafting like for instance the the stone stuff for it, like there's rocks on like hillsides and then if you get close to the water you notice that there's a lot more flint and so you're like okay if i want flint i'm gonna have to go to a riverbed and you know same for tin tin only comes near the like that you start to be able to read that stuff and it's very uh very easy to pick up on because there's not a ton of clutter there's not like 14 different times of rock there's two (laughs) and 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 you basically just learn where they are and it doesn't really change for the whole game right you you read the biomes right you you have a skill set and so no matter what if like i said if you wipe all your progress you start over a new server you're gonna know okay meadow is where i want to be for now i'm gonna start pushing into the dark in the black forest um and then the, the, it's the, my favorite thing about Dark Souls, which is like that idea of how fucking labyrinthian the undead parishes, mm-hmm. right? And for better or worse, Ben, at this point, I know I'm going to die with a considerable chunk of my brain mm. knowing exactly how to get from Firelink Shrine yeah. to... Go up uh, through that tunnel. Th- <laughs> yep, through the, to the uh, the chapel, right? Like, I'm, yep. I just know that. And... and this is similar in that I'm gonna know. Okay, start in the med, right? But it's there's no specific. This it's is maybe not the constructed. Limits. Yeah. This is maybe the limits of Valheim. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to spend the last little bit of this podcast like denigrating Valheim because it's so mm. early. We don't know what it's gonna be, but yeah. Um, I recognize that I like sandbox stuff like this. Like, if you want to talk about this versus the Order 1866 or whatever, right? Like, right, right. Um, or like a, a Gears game. But I do think uh, it does sprinkle in enough, like, more complicated stuff that feel, you know, like the bosses and the and the progression system of that. Oh, feels... hand, yes, the handcrafted elements. Like, the boss fight was a boss fight. Right, that, yeah. To me, they I was have like, attacks. Is... They have, you know, parryable stuff. They have openings. It's, it's not just a, like, hit this thing with a big health bar kind of shit. Uh, oh, I mean, part of it, it is, is. Like, part but, of it is. Like, yeah. you're like, hold, I think I told you, like, that fucking fight I had yesterday. But also, part of it is, a... like, it's a tree monster, so it's weak to fire. And it's like, there's more to <laughs> right. it than just hit it with right. stuff. And he's going to summon tentacles, like, roots that are right. tentacles, basically. Uh, yeah, so I, I just encountered flying enemies today. Mm. And I was like, I'm, I might be fucked. But I was like, wait, I'm in a mountain. They're, they look like they're frost. If I shoot a fire arrow, I was like, sure enough, okay. Yeah, um, it's like that bit in Zelda when you realize like the whiz robes can be killed instantly by the opposite element of them. Like, so if you have oh, a nice arrow, it so instantly kills a fire one. They could have really like, fucked perfect. this game up by. They could have really fucked this game up by using levels. They yes. could have really screwed this up with XP with an XP bar. Like, there's so many ways this could have been a shitty, like a bad game, right? Or like um, too has... many, too many things like on top. The, the, Kind of a, to bring it back, Cyberpunk just like too many things in one game to to be cohesive in any way. Cyberpunk got to a point with me where you look at a weapon and it's like the mental calculus mm. that you have to fucking run looking at a weapon. And it, at that point, then what? What's the fucking point? And it right? doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, and and that's that's the other thing with this game is like the the levels up on the tech tree are demonstrably improvements as opposed to this like tons of loot that's just randomly generated that doesn't really move it just moves laterally it doesn't really move like you don't get a huge boost the, the idea so there there are some numbers right so armor like and the numbers are not big right so no, a good armor nice and set small. Ha- right and it's just you understand okay this has 10 armor this has 14 okay one makes me a little bit slower one lets me dodge you know it makes me sneakier um whatever right um i will take that over like all right the diablo 2 remaster is coming out yeah 
I will buy it. I'm already sure. going to buy it, right? I know I will. And it's for me, it's a nostalgia thing. I want to play with some old friends. I want to see it with a new coat of paint and play it at a resolution higher than 800. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even that game, even that game compared to Diablo 3, right? Like you have the uniques that you know you need. You have the rune words you need, right? But yeah. It's more about getting items that change how you interact with the game as opposed to a Diablo 3 or Destiny, which is like, look, you need this gun and you need 80 shards to right. upgrade it to this level, this light level, whatever the fuck. And it's just like, whoa, okay, do I... It's the Borderlands thing. I'm like, yes, it's a billion guns, yeah. but the reality is how many types? Right, and, and, and do they... Does it... Like, when I... That's the, the secret, like, sauce of loot games, too, is, like, having that spacing of drops where it's like, you know, you're dropping weapons constantly enough so that nobody feels like they're not getting loot, but also you're not getting new guns every 20 minutes that like push you up. So you never get used to a gun or a, an item or whatever. And it's like Diablo has, is the game that I kind of still cite is like, just when you think you're getting bored of your weapon, it will drop something that changes it or changes the way you play. And that it, at its best is when it works like that. Um, the, the, the but it's such is, a complicated you, balance, whereas this game just like has, again, very demonstrable differences between each tier of stuff. And so when you when you first get a sword, you're like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm fucking yeah, awesome it, now. And, and, the, and but it's the Dark Souls thing too of like the move set, right? Yeah. So look, if you wanna if you wanna rock dual knuckles in Dark Souls one, yeah, uh, be my guest. That is, a, I hate the knuckles. I never learned how to do them, and yet well, part of me is just yeah. like. I know that I haven't mastered that part of the game. It's I guess Monster Hunter would fall in this too, right? So yes, yeah, Monster Hunter is a good example too. You, you're, there's animation priority, and there's like you know animation length, and you know your iframes change with certain gear. Yeah. Um, but Valheim says okay, basically there's spears, there's and you know certain weapons have special effects, but there's spears, there's clubs, excuse me, there's uh, swords, right? Right. Um, but you're they only have so many. And really, it's more like, what, what do you want to use? Do you want to be able to throw a spear and pick it up after? Do you want to use arrows, right? Or what are you um, fighting? Like, if you're fighting skeletons, you need blunt damage. If you're fighting uh, a slime, you don't want to use sharp weapons. Like, that kind of stuff. Uh, right. Is also, yeah, inconsistent. But it never gets to the point where it's like, okay, there's, you know, ethereal damage, and then there's right. electricity. Electric, like, you look at, yeah. like, even, um, like I said, this goes back to, like, the, like, torchlight and... The, the other, like, more traditional hack-and-slash games where it's just, like, I need... There's, like, eight different types of damage, and it just is, like, okay, this is elemental resistance to it. it yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, and I just... I don't I don't want to be doing spreadsheets on this shit, but give me a game like Breath of the Wild or Valheim where it's more like, no, like, there's only so many types, and certain weapons do special things, but... Yeah. Or Dark Souls, even, where it's, like, mastering the scimitar, right? Or mastering, like, knowing how a spear works, like a thrust animation. Right. Um, it's more important to me than like okay, I'm gonna grind out like there are literally equipment grinds in WoW, World yeah. of Warcraft. It's like okay, do you have two weeks every week, or do you have do you hit your turn in goals every two weeks to get this item, which looks exactly like this other one, but it'll allow you to be competitive damage dealer for this raid. Right. And I think I'm done with that. Like yeah, Valheim. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a characteristic of more modern RPGs, too, of just this, like, layering of systems and, and numbers that just keep getting higher and higher because they're live, they're games that have to last forever. So the numbers just, ca you know, Destiny used to be like, oh, light level 700. Now it's like light level 2000 something or whatever. And it oh just is completely, it, it stretches progression to such a point that it almost doesn't matter and it becomes perfunctory. And it's, I don't know, this is a little 
a bit of a tangent, but I've also been playing um, Dragon Quest XI. Ah, uh, neither work which yet. Is, uh, which is a game that is very, very old school because it's a Dragon Quest game, which are, you know, date back to the NES. They're like the foundation, along with Final Fantasy, of the Japanese RPG, like as a, as a style. And the big thing that I've noticed about Dragon, Age, uh, Dragon Quest, sorry, <laughs> as I've been playing it that I hadn't ever really played one before is that it is simple, but in an incredibly, like, um, confident way like it doesn't need to have you know 14 different damage types it doesn't need to have massive numbers that go up and up and up like i'm 30 plus hours in that game and like a critical hit for me is still like a little over 100 damage like it just they keep they keep the range so that it's easy to read it's easy to know when you do a lot of damage it's easy to know when you're not being effective but it doesn't require like this extrapolation of mathematics as you go through the game to be like oh you know a thousand hit points on an early enemy would have been insane but now it's just like a piddly hit whereas this game stays consistent with like big hits do over 50 big big hits do over 100 you know normal damage like and it just because they don't show you like enemy health. They don't show you like your XP ticking up every time you go. They hide a lot of that stuff in a way that makes it more comfortable to play because it's still fun. You still have progression. You still have to strategize and all that other stuff, but it's not weighing you down with all this like minutia. And I think that is playing the game and having so much fun with the battle system, but also not really worrying about like, oh, do I need to save this many MP for this next because I'll do this much damage to this thing. It's more like, no, just kind of like look at the battlefield, assess the targets and like, just take the turn and, and stop analyzing every piece of it. And I you, find you it find incredibly refreshing. Like, do you find yourself worried, like actively like um, mid maxing? No. And that, I mean, the other thing is the game is fairly easy. Like there is definitely like difficulty modifiers you can throw onto it to make it harder. Um, but it's also just like so good at letting you know when you shouldn't be, when you should be moving on from an area, like their enemies appear on the map, but once you are powerful enough, they will run away from you. So you, you, <laughs> you will basically be like, okay, well, if everything's running away from me, I should be moving on to the next area. And mm. it's just like very good at like letting you know that. And then on the other end, if you get too far ahead of yourself, it'll start spawning metal slimes, which are like silvery slimes that are they're very prone to running away, but if you kill them, they give you like five monsters worth of experience. So they can kick you up the ladder really fast if they need, if you need to, huh. but it's all organic. It all just happens within the game. And none of it is the game saying, you know, telling you this stuff. It is just, I don't know. It, it feels so confident in what it's doing, but also doing it at a rate where again, it's not telling you enemy health. It's not telling you like you have this much to level. You just don't have to worry about it. It's like really nice. What, <laughs> it's what a drive, really I'm good curious, balance. What drives you through something like Dragon Quest? What, well, like, what drives you personally through it to like, be like I want to get to the end of this. Yeah. And it's surprising because I generally find JRPGs to be exhausting because they're so long and, yeah. and they often require a lot tried, of grinding. And, I tried to go back to Zodiac Age and could like uh, yeah. Final Fantasy XII and I... It was too much, man. And that's my experience it. with a lot of, of Final Fantasies is that they are just so dense. And, and you know, the thing that Dragon Quest does, I think, that is also really pleasant is it's much more simple. Like, it's much more fairy tale like It is not like a bunch of empires and weird magical gods and, like, a lot of dense lore. It's just very, like, a road trip adventure anime where, like, okay, we're going from town to town. Every town only lasts maybe two or three hours, but, like... This town has a mural that's like eating people. This town has a martial arts tournament that's going on, and there's so it's some an weird... anime. You are yeah. just watching, yeah, 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 yeah. So it feels very much paced like arcs in an anime series, where it's like, okay, we have like this thing we're trying to get to. That's like our main objective from the start of the game, but you're just getting on road road trip, uh, road trip, and stopping along the way, and it just has such a great pacing to it. So you're always 
anytime you get sick of an environment or you're getting sick of the monsters there or whatever, it's just like, nope, we're moving on down the road. Like, next thing, next thing. So the pacing, I think, is a really big part of what's... Are you, are you invested in the characters? Like, you want to see what happens? Yeah, and I mean, it's all very simple. You know, they're, they're very... It's not, it's not super dark. It's not like... There is some dark stuff that happens, but mostly it's very fun and fanciful and because it is also paired with, like, Akira Toriyama's art. He does, like, Dragon Ball and... and Chrono Trigger and stuff, he has this very specific style that is very colorful and happy and fun and doesn't really get... Hair, in both, hair spikes, dude. Yeah, and it doesn't get really horny like a lot of other JRPG <laughs> stuff does. Yes. It doesn't get super, uh, super dark or super violent or super convoluted. I think the convoluted thing is the biggest aspect of like a Square Enix game that is completely... Even though this is actually a Square Enix game. Um, it, right. it, that, that is absent compared to like Final Fantasy. And it, it's just like... It's a really fun like storybook to just keep going through, and it's colorful and and the music's fucking amazing because like I don't know if you know this about Dragon Quest, but like the music is so famous in Japan that it has its own separate copyright. So most of the other Dragon Quest releases in the U.S. have had MIDI approximations essentially Man. of the CD audio because they're not they don't want to license it in two areas, and they finally did it with this one, and it just like it's the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra doing the soundtrack to the game, and it's Jesus. just gorgeous. Yeah, so it's just like mix of really old school sensibilities but with really like high production values and it, it it's pulling me through both because i think the combat is really fun even though it's it's pretty you know um it's pretty easy uh but it's like satisfyingly strategic and yeah just seeing what the next town is because all the towns are like ridiculously detailed and and they're just big enough that you want to talk to every NPC, but they're also not dense enough that like you would spend 20 hours just talking to everybody like it just moves at a really good clip and i think that's um just, and and the again the simplicity of like it's one armor it's two armor it's three armor which also has which is kind of what valheim has as well where it's just like yes this has an rpg mechanic to it but it's not like oh i gotta get out the yeah like you say get out the spreadsheet and be like okay is this good egg, da, da, da. and um yeah the same thing with like skill trees and dragon quest they're like each character has two or th- two weapons they're good at. Just pick one. There's not one right answer. As long as you go down the tree, you're fine, and you can always respec in the other direction. So it's just like, I don't know. It's it's, it's devoid of bullshit in a way that I find really really refreshing. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's and and to push back on like the the live service idea of a game now where it just has to grow and grow and weight and numbers and all this other stuff. Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. I suppose that's an unfair comparison to, to, to bookend this whole thing, right? Mm. To bring it back to Anthem. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> the, the, correct, the correct logical starting point for a discussion about Valheim. Obviously, but for me, yes. right, so Anthem was, hey, we're going to go max fidelity, and you look at, look at these fucking jetpacks flying yeah. through waterfalls. Oh, my God. And, you gotta, and it's just like in service to what? Yeah, a, in service a to mediocre what, Destiny right? clone. <laughs> right. And it was just like, I mean, there's, and then it's not just like, it's not the, the game was created in like a vacuum, right? They, right. it was like a part of it was a money grab, like, okay, not a money grab, but Hey, we're going to cash in on no, it's market a, market chasing the trend. Essentially. Yeah. And it was just like, great. Um, meanwhile, I'm going to be playing this fucking Viking survival early access it's made game by five people. It would fit in f- like a room of data in Anthem. <laughs> yup. No, this, I, <laughs> Valheim would, would barely cover a texture for a character right. right a gig a gig just wouldn't do it right because god damn it ben we need the armor material to reflect the light realistically and have these many scratches and yes um but for yeah increasingly as i what I gameplay older, does like, that add yeah yeah at, at what point are you just polishing the brass 
on a Titanic, quite literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think uh, couple that with like the fact that the production of these AAA super games is now becoming like <laughs> seemingly untenable as it is. Um, it's just it's cool. And I was I think I was saying this to you about uh, Filehelm earlier is that it's a game that feels like it couldn't even though it looks old and some other stuff and has has more traditional kind of progression loops and stuff. It feels like something that could never happen uh, before you know. 2010s or the indie boom you know if you want to say it just a little earlier than that but the idea that mm. like they could do this and it could break out like it's just that doesn't that would have never happened before and i think that's so cool that we have this environment where you have these triple a games that are swinging for the fences and like mixed results but then you also have like these indie studios who who do take you know because i think there are things from valheim that are clearly you know taken from dark souls and taken from breath of the wild and taken from bigger triple a games but just yeah. like smartly applied to another system and you get the you get the results that are similar to like yeah i mean nintendo spent probably exponentially more hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars than valheim cost but like because they had that idea and they were able to take it in their game and smartly apply it as opposed to just trying to replicate it um yeah they end up with this thing which is like this but, new... but even you think you think about the struggle like the, the interviews like the struggle it was for nintendo to be like look we cannot do another skyward sword right we cannot fucking do it um we have to do something big and i could just picture nintendo executives being like open mm-hmm. world and golden go goose. To the boss right away yeah. oh but wait we have always wanted hyrule field like right. ocarina of time right hyrule field made you feel like holy shit what we don't know what. Yeah, what's over what the next rise? There? Yeah, what's around the next bend? Like it just um, had that. In reality, kinda, right? It's probably about so three hundred square yeah. feet. Um, but but that. Right, I I don't want another linear fucking dungeon. Yeah. Right, and and I don't mind. It's not to say I, I'll never do a linear dungeon. Right, Valheim ultimately you go into those first dives and it, it you yeah. know it branches out, but it is it's a it's a linear dungeon. But guess what? It's it's one piece of this giant fucking experience. Right, it's not made or broken by it. Right, um, and that's where Bethesda. I mean, their games get a lot of shit, um, mm. rightfully so in some cases. But at least Bethesda's trying to deliver. Hey, you see that mountain? You can go to that mountain. Right? right. That's isn't that the eternal promise? And there's the um, there's a consistency to their like oh, and every detail along the way does matter. Whether it doesn't, or you know, it, it, like all the objects on this table and all this other stuff. Like they have stayed consistent to that, and it's made their games unique. Even though a lot of other developers have kind of tried yeah. to take on their their style yeah but reality is bethesda will be they will always have the comfort with jank they'll just be like they accept it and and i I don't know if there's quotes to this effect but it's like look this is the price for trying to create something like this right um but the 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 other side is hey do you want to fill a house with cheese wheels yeah right like isn't that isn't that the promise of games which is I'm, i'm getting into the philosophical side but like look give me the toolbox give me the sandbox to fuck around in right um Give me a Deus Ex that just generates a conspiracy, and I un, right like, give me a one square block. Yeah. Give me one square block and simulate it, or and, give me one square block to meet people and inhabit and fill a room up with cheese wheels. God damn it, right? Like, right. Well, and it's it's I, I made this comparison when we talked about Breath of the Wild, but it is you know the difference between the the Ubisoft open world and the Breath of the Wild style is that Breath of the Wild is like giving you a map to a national park. It's got some trails on it, but you don't know what you're going to see. And it's going to be surprising and you're going to be drawn along by what you see mm. ahead of you on the path. Whereas the Ubisoft game is a theme park that just gives you the Disney World map and goes, okay, here's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Here's this. Here's that. Here's what you'll get for going here. You don't even need to wonder why you're going here. You already know. It's for a skill point. <laughs> it's just like very, right. Um, right. very much about shuffling you through it all as opposed to you 
kind of making your way through it naturally. And, and Valheim definitely goes much, much farther to the side of this is like, a, a, you know, this is your own little national park and you're going to fill up the map and you're going to find the neat but views and the pretty, yeah. the pretty riversides and all that stuff. And it feels very rewarding because it, it, it also uh, allows you to kind of have that, that, um, that experience of, of packing up a bag and hiking and seeing if you can find something. And that's really fun. And it's um, mine, right? It's my world yes. is different from yours. Unless we decide, hey, Ben, do this seed. Right. And then yes, we can share the seeds and create the same worlds. But otherwise, it's, it's like my, my weird meadow strip that runs through my, the center of my island, which I know and I have, now I've run back and forth across it so many times. <laughs> I can see like, ah, yes, I see the edge of right. that, that castle tower. I know I'm halfway home. Um, you know, right. it still it, it, manages to have landmarks, even though it's proc gen, which I think is pretty. It, to awesome. me, it goes to the Microsoft. We talked about this too. Microsoft Flight Simulator. The first thing most people do is fly over their house. Right, right. Because that chunk of land is is that that's where you had your memories, right? That's the schoolyard you grew up in. That's it, the church you went to. Whatever. If you're gonna judge that game's fidelity, why not go somewhere where you've been more than anywhere else in real life, right? Right. And and with Valheim, it's that thing of like you open. I, I have backed up my world several times now just because there, there was a glitch that was messing it up. But also, mm. in my mind, like down the road, it's just a database file, right. right? Anyone eventually can write something to scrape that out and generate a world from it. Yeah. Um, it's that that thing. That, it's like that heirloom quality of like, yeah, it generated my world. Like you said, like I know where my stone ring is. I know where my first house is. I can retrace my steps of like, okay, this base was too small. I got to move to the coast. Went to the coast. It wasn't easily defensible. Okay, then I had to move to the black foot. And I can yeah. see that evolution in the same way that, like, I would imagine in Flight Simulator, it's like, I've just, I used, I've flown old routes. Like, I've, I flew uh, a commute I drove, right? Yeah. Um, and so it lives on. It, it's not like just this fucking, okay, World of Warcraft, great. Here's what Azeroth looks like. Right. Here we is all have the same bank. This, right? And, and there's, yeah. It's not to say that that's not, you know, I have memories in that, in, in Azeroth, in, in the level geometry, but like, it's not mine, man. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's not, I don't know. It's not well, personal. And that's, you know, that's, that's another thing that has kind of come t to the fore now that we can do that, uh, you know, cause proc gen back then would have been really hard to do just because of Ram and a lot of other, c uh, con uh, considerations at any fidelity. Whereas now it's like, you can make a game like, and granted you can't make a game like the last of us two that proc gens, but you can make a game <laughs> Like, right. I mean, even No Man's right. Sky or, or Valheim or Minecraft or any of those things that just can, like, use the processing power of modern computers for something more than just making them look photorealistic, which I think is, is yeah, it's but great. Look, it's great that Diablo, it exists. Yeah, but Diablo 1 was proc. I mean, in, older games used proc gen, right? It was a way to leverage Right, but it was, it was not 3D graphics as much. It was more oh, no, like no, no, no. puzzle no. pieces put together and stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, where I, I'm getting too lofty and too philosophical, but I think I'm going to call it here. Uh, yeah. It's a good game, I, man. <laughs> that Valheim. It really is. I, I cannot, and I don't, I hope to God it doesn't uh, milkshake duck. Like, I hope that... It doesn't, or it doesn't crazy. star citizen and just never come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, more like, it turns out that the creator of the game is like a Nazi or something. Right, or a game I, I don't or something. think yeah. so. It doesn't seem um, that way. It seems like too, like, uh, I don't know. The game, the, the mood of the game just doesn't seem to fit that kind of thing, so... You never know, man. You never the know, Kingdom though. Come Deliverance was, you know, the people that made that have some questionable stuff. Right, right. right. The guy who was working on that Hogwarts game yeah. uh, just quit. Who just quit, yeah. But so. no, I, I, I'm I, hoping that they they are good stewards of this thing and they, they move forward and 
shit, man, they're going to have a home and hearth update. That's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they've already laid out their kind of roadmap for the rest of the year, and it looks uh, looks exciting. So it's, it's. I hope the money. I hope the money doesn't change them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, obviously they can like hire more than five people now. So that's like. What am uh, I talking about? Uh, Notch, who made Minecraft, is a huge dickhead. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, I mean, the good news is, and that it's like with him, he seemed to turn into a di- or publicly turned into a dickhead at least once he had all that Microsoft money. Um, yep. But like with the Valheim, I feel like with the last month they've had of just like millions of copies every week, uh, who, with the eyes on them, scoop, somebody would have scooped scoop it by them now. Up, dude. Who's gonna do it? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting because like they already have a publisher. It's Coffee Stain who did like Deep Rock Galactic and stuff. So I, when you're dealing with something this scale, dude, I don't think that means anything. Right. Exactly. I really don't. I, mean, I, I think that any contract can be broken for the right price. And yeah, I I don't know, man. Does Microsoft want to buy? <laughs> um, they own they own Bethesda. Yeah, that's true. Like think think about that's it, true. right? Like imagine they own a Valheim. <laughs> imagine a Valheim X. Uh, Bethesda crossover, right? Oh, G- give me Doom Guy in Val. I don't, who knows? Yes, <laughs> Doom Guy in Valheim. Let's get it going. Or, I don't know. All right. Or anyway, Elder Scrolls Six is actually just Valheim. Turns out there there have to be developers playing or working on the new Elder Scrolls, just being like, "Fuck, we're making a dinosaur." Yeah, yeah. Or, right. or looking at. I mean, you know, I think we had talked about this when Breath of the Wild came out. It's like, oh, how is this going to influence games going forward? And it's been really interesting to see how it's been you know there are some games that have used the kind of less map focused open world in some ways but there's also just been a lot of games that have started to use like just the the logical physical states of things to change other things and like uh, yeah it's it's and to do it in 3d and in like a an understandable way that you know because obviously like stuff like you know the metal gear solid 2 example of the ice cubes that melt accurately it's like Mm. oh that's very cool but that's very localized to those ice cubes and it doesn't matter for the rest of the world well yeah and and that was that was done it's it's the thing of it's an it's like a really convincing effect in a horror movie it doesn't really reflect the whole game right like that is not a system that was a fun yeah that's a hideo kojima like check out the ps2 (laughs) y'all yeah and then and we have we it's a it's the same thing of like, on the other hand, Metal Gear Solid Five was very system based, right. and a lot of the stuff, I would argue, he made good on, which is, you know, sneaking up on people, putting them at gunpoint, um, yeah. all that stuff. Like, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, ju- I just don't see how we don't keep going in this direction. Yeah, I, I, it I definitely don't, I don't seems think that Disney have rubbed off on developers in a positive way for the most part to to make them kind of reassess. Like, do we want to make a game that is another like series of checkboxes that we want every player to hit in the same way or do we want to you know make it an interactive piece in a more pronounced way um mm. yeah it's a big big philosophical question all right ben i will leave it there yeah yeah but uh, man valheim check it out <laughs> please do for you could spend 20 dollars a lot worse absolutely absolutely all right take us out ben all right we are out all right.